Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Alex Kellerman. And I'm Art Purcell. Uh, this week, we are excited to welcome our special guest, Peter Jang. Uh, Peter is a stunt actor, a uh, regular actor, a writer, and a good friend of mine. Oh, and director. Hey, hey how you doing? Yeah. What's up? Uh, first, I, I just want to hear, how did you guys meet each other? Like, what, what was the origin of your guys' friendship? We met, Peter, Peter, do you want to tell him how we met? Sure. Uh, yeah, we met uh, through Bat and the Sun. Aaron Shirka, the director and creator, um, he had a really awesome Scorpion outfit from Mortal Kombat um, he wanted to use. And so... Uh, I think, I'm not sure how he and Alex knew each other, but um, Alex had written this little short film called Nerd vs. Scorpion. Um, it was pretty funny. And then he asked me if I wanted to be in the suit. Um, and I said yes, obviously, because I loved Mortal Kombat. I guess that's not obvious, but uh, but uh, who, who doesn't like Mortal Kombat, especially Scorpion, right? Um, yeah, so like, you know, and I know that they had really great production value. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, let's let's mess around. So I went there and then we filmed this really cool uh, short film, really funny. Um, had like a funny, nerdy twist at the end. And uh, yeah, it was just and that's how I met. That's how I met Kellerman. He's just uh, he was, he's actually a really great actor and he's actually really, you know, really funny, you know, great writer and all this kind of stuff. And I, I saw that when I met him and uh, it definitely solidified a good friendship over the years and a good working relationship too. Nice. So wait, Kellerman, did you act in that with uh, Peter? I did. I did act in that. That was the first uh, branded content that Bat in the Sun did. And I, Aaron and I had been talking about it and I just wrote a script and he, he hadn't really worked a lot with scripts at the time that much, except for his own. Uh, and, uh, and he really thought it was really funny. So we were, we filmed it. Uh, I acted as the nerd and uh, we needed a scorpion and he brought in peter and peter was like super awesome he, he acted as himself <laughs> yeah exactly i was just my, my <laughs> were, there, were there any fights in that one or was it just acting no, no fight no, no. but peter he did he does a flip over a guy and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um and then he, what really impressed me was like when I, we started describing like the moves for Mortal Kombat, he knew exactly what we were talking about. I was obsessed with Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. I remember actually when I was like, I don't, know, I don't even know how old I was when I, when it came out, but when the movie came out, I like, I got caught a few times trying to sneak into the theater because I was too young. Uh, yeah. I got turned away quite a few times. Yeah. You know, I tried to do the whole sneaky, like go to the bathroom real quick and then like mosey on over or go to a movie that's right next to it. But yeah, I got caught. I got caught a lot. <laughs> wow. I, I uh, yeah, I love Mortal Kombat since I was a kid too. I my dad used to take us to the arcade, and uh, he would let me play Mortal Kombat. And like, there'd be all the college students at Cal playing <laughs> the game, like lined up yeah. to play, you know. And then, like, my dad would be like, "Wait in line, son." And then I would wait in line, and then like they'd bring the footstool over and stand up, and I would be like playing Mortal Kombat against like some excellent college student and just get my ass kicked. <laughs> now, I, don't know, I, I played on the consoles, man. That was my thing. Like I, I'd ride my bike down to the local gaming store and then they'd have a move list. You know, you remember those old like cheat, cheat move, like printouts that they, you could get. Yeah. Had all the, had all the fatalities. So like, I would just sit there with my friends, like let's do this fatality. Now try this one, try this one. And I kept on messing up. And then, so, I mean, w without spoiling the, 
the ending of that little short film, which you should watch. It's really funny. I already had gone through that many, many times when I was a kid, so I knew exactly the way it should look. Yeah, and uh, we just made it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. You did it perfectly. And then, so like that was the uh, first time Bat in the Sun had done something comedic. It was the first time that Aaron had let me act in one of his things. It was the first time he'd used one of my scripts. And then now, more recently, Peter and I working together again on the Power Rangers Street Fighter showdown, which was great. And uh, yeah, so we've been friends for a long time now and, and made, have made some cool stuff together. Well, like, like five years now? Yeah. Five years. Just about right. So, uh, Peter, before we really get into it and like about, you know, your work as a stunt stuntman and an actor and, and all this cool stuff. Just yeah, and director. Anchor director and a writer and <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, can you tell everybody like your background, like how you got into acting, how you got into doing stunts and, and filmmaking in general? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I went, I'm originally from Ohio, uh, Columbus area. I'm actually from Delaware, Ohio. That's where I grew up anyway. I was born in Columbus. And that out in that area, it's very, very rural. Um, I was, my high school is across the street from a cornfield to give you an idea of like the area that I grew up in. Um, so in that kind of place, you know, I was really into video games and all that kind of stuff. But I also was a martial artist. You know, I started when I was eight years old, um, had a very long uh, fight, like long career as, you know, in, in um, competitions and, and whatnot. I was national champion a few times in Taekwondo. And uh, so and then, you know, when I went to college, I, my sister, would, you know, I went to college in San, San Diego. Uh, I wanted to come to California since I was in seventh grade when my sister went to Berkeley. I would visit her and I fell in love with the state, um, fell in love with the people and just the culture and uh, just the way, you know, the way of life and everything. So I decided then I'm moving to California. So uh, when I, when I uh, applied for colleges, uh, you know, I only did California schools except for Ohio State. Um, I got in Ohio State. It's kind of like my safety school. But then, you know, UC, UC San Diego is, you know, one of the best schools in the country. So I, uh, you know, I want to do something economics. And I think at the time it was, well, it, the graduate school at least was the third best in the country or something like that um, for a public school. So I was like, well, and then I visited San Diego and, it, um, you know, it's obviously a gorgeous place, you know, America's finest city. So, um, yeah, I mean, I fell in love with the place and went there, got my economics degree. Uh, wasn't wasn't about to leave anytime soon, and I started just doing extra work in LA after uh, I graduated because I, you know, I was unemployed and you know, kind of looking for a job, looking for my first like big job. Um, I got one up in Los Angeles in Santa Monica. Uh, it was as a business development specialist at a market research firm, um, and while I was doing extra work at the same time, and uh, I started taking acting classes and. Uh, um, yeah, I, f I fell in love with the craft. I fell in love with the business side of it. You know, I, once I realized too that it's a business like anything else, you know, it's like some people they sell cars, some people they sell, you know, whatever. I, I sell service. I sell my services as an actor, as a stuntman, and also, you know, as a, and I also sell commodities, which are, I, mean, I don't know if commodity is the right word for it, but, you know, I sell a product. It's, it's a, it's, a performance that goes into a movie and then you can sell that movie as a, as an actual product, you know? So once I realized that the business practices are very much the same as any other business, um, in, in certain respects, then I was like, okay, well I can do this. And this is something that I love to do. And this is something that I think I have a very, I at least have some kind of talent for. So 
Um, and you know, obviously you can fail at something that you hate. So might as well try hard at something that you love. And basically I just took, I took the plunge and, um, you know, I got, once I joined SAG and, you know, as an extra, I was making, you know, a decent amount of money per hour, like about two or $3 more than I was making at my other job. And, uh, I basically told him, I was like, look, I like this job. So if you guys will match what I'm making as an extra, then I will stay. But if not, then I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the plunge now. And they basically, they, I think they like raised my pay by like a dollar or something like that. I was like, all right, peace. And they're all, they're, of course they were like, you're never going to make it. You know, it's like, it's, it's so hard out there. It's just such a bad decision. And I was just like, yeah, well, bye. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So, and then I did extra work for about uh, three years uh, full time. Um, but I made, you know, actually very good money uh, as an extra for a while in a stand in. Um, got to be on a lot of different, um, you know, shows and movies and, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really consider extra work per se as a stepping stone to film, but I will say that I took it on myself to pay attention while I was on set. Like I see what the gaffer's doing. I see what the lighting guy's doing. I see what, how the director's talking to the actors, how the actors are talking to everybody else and how PAs work and, you know, how they talk to each other and, you know, saying copy when you, when you're saying, when you're confirming that you heard somebody, you know, all these different kind of things. Um, you know, I, and I did it. You know, That's a great, Great yeah, I mean, you know, I, I figured I don't I didn't go to film school. I didn't I didn't take acting in college, but I can get that kind of um, that, that kind of education by talking to people on set, by paying attention on set, seeing how people are doing things. And, you know, I got to I got to observe a lot of the greats in the industry. You know, I, I was a stand in on Star Trek, Two, So I got to watch J.J. Abrams work and how he. Oh, wow. how he did his whole crew and how everything worked uh with, worked on with michael mann on uh um what was a movie called black hat you know with chris hemsworth and oh wow so you know and he's an oscar is he nominated or i don't know if he won i think he's nominated you know director so i got to see how he runs his set i mean it was a horrible movie but you know i still got to see it and uh you know it's just that kind of stuff a lot of different directing styles and then you know i started meeting people for stunts which is a much different game than anything else you know, and then I, you know, uh, I got my first big break uh, for a stunt job on CSI New York. Uh, Norman Howell hired me. Um, very serendipitous kind of way, of, a roundabout way of doing it. But a lot of it was just me being available and me being there, letting people know that I wanted work and being professional as as best that I knew how. And then always trying to learn, you know, not making the same mistakes twice. Um, and eventually, you know, everything in the industry is about your reputation, um, either about your work or about yourself personally. And usually, you know, it's a mix of the two. I mean, if you are outstanding technically, um, you can still get some work, but if you're an asshole, you're not gonna, I don't know if I can say that, sorry. Um, but if you're, no, if you're a total yeah. jerk, then like nobody's going to want to work with you. So you might be, the so you, in that case, you have to be the most talented jerk out there that they cannot replace you. And then it's okay to be a jerk unfortunately but for the most part you know like 99 percent of the people out there aren't like that but you can still have a great career if you are a team player and you are able to be part of a team you know in general you know and that part of that is just being kind
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a question. So you're you're an extra. You've been doing it for like three years or so. So then, what what made you decide that you wanted to go to stunts? Is it just because you had a background in martial arts and, and stuff like that, and that you thought, okay, that's a good way for me to go? Or were you like observing the stunt people on set and just saying, like, oh my gosh, like this is the coolest job. Like this is a job I want. Uh, what? Why did you do that? And then how did you like? Did you just tell people you wanted to do stunts? Is that all you needed to do? Did you make a reel? Like, how did you make that leap? Well, you know, like I said, I've been doing martial arts for a very long time, and since I had a good fight record, that gave me a little bit of clout. Um, and I didn't really know the difference between acting and stunts to, to start out. Um, I I thought it was kind of the same thing. And then even now that I've been doing, um, you know, I've been doing stunts a lot longer than, or well. I've been doing them both about the same, but uh, I've been focusing on stunts a lot more, especially that's my, that's my main career moneymaker. Um, but I mean, for me, it was just since I was a physical person, a lot of times people can kind of pigeonhole you anyway to that kind of stuff. And since I'm also, you know, part Asian, then a lot of times it, right away, they want you to, you know, go into the martial arts kind of, kind of stuff. And uh, it just so happened that the people that I, I met with, and I, since I like to train, I would train with other people and I would, you know, um, it, yeah, stunts just seemed uh, like a very good fit for me, and it still is a great fit for me. I, I, I love it. You know, it's it's the perfect blend of of performing and problem solving, um, much more than than acting. Where you know, acting is a lot of it. You have to lose yourself in the moment, and you have to let it flow. You know, but for stunts, you do have to do that in in, a, in some ways. But for the most part, it's very calculated. You need to know where exactly you're going to hit, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen, and you know, a lot of rehearsals and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, you know, you're really worried about safety at the highest level for stunts versus with acting, you kind of have to forget about safety, which is why you have a stunt double, which is why you have stunt coordinators there because they think about safety. If you're thinking about safety as an actor, you're not in character because if you're robbing somebody, you know, like say you're that person that you're robbing somebody or you're trying to kill somebody, you're obviously not worried about their head hitting the ground or, or, you know, them getting cut by, you know, glass or anything like that. You know, you don't care. But if you're thinking about that, then all of a sudden you're not in character and then a piece of your mind isn't there anymore. That's an interesting distinction. I, I, and, and Peter's one of those um, more rare talents like, uh, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme or uh, who, who I mean, Jackie Chan, I guess, uh, who like is an actor and also can do his own stunts and does a lot of physical, you know, it, Ryu, there's no stunt double for Ryu. It's, it's mm -hmm. him the whole time. He's both acting as Ryu and then he has to fight and do all well, this. But also, stuff. you know, don't, don't get me wrong um, too though, you know, for me, cause I do. You have done regular stunt oh, yeah. work also, right? Mm -hmm. You've been I've been the stunt, stunt double, but I've also been the actor, um, you know, and I, I, I enjoy acting without stunts at all. You know, it's like, whatever it's a you know, romantic comedy or in drama or anything like that, you know, because but actually the way I kind of look at acting itself is that um, it's actually the last part of my martial arts training because, you know, martial arts can really teach you about mental discipline. It can teach you about, um, you know, physicality and all these different things. But one thing that it and really nothing in the world can teach you is emotional control, you know, like and the type of emotional control where you can go to a place and then you bring yourself back from it. You know, like put yourself in turmoil and then come back to being pleasant and, you know, either with an aid of a psychiatrist or whatever. But, you know, um, <laughs> no, I mean, and that's that's a big thing for a lot of actors. Is, you know, a lot of people, they find 
it to be so enlightening that you know they can talk to a therapist and really talk their way out of out of this character. I know Daniel Day Lewis does that, um, and you know a lot of a lot of your big actors you'd be surprised you know will do that because you know you do have to go to these extremes and you know if you're doing the job right then you're you're living and thinking the thoughts of that character who might be a bad person or might be you know compromised in some way and then but the trauma that they have in that life is everlasting but then for you as the actor you have to come back to it and you have to live your life and be a a, a, a normal person afterwards you know or at least as normal as you can be um so but but anyways, sorry, I kind of went on a tangent there. But I mean, as far as like, you know, no, very deep one. acting, like for me, if I was going to have a, a if I was going to have a very large role in a film or TV show that was very deep acting and stuff like that, I would I, I would get a stunt double like I would, you know, the Power Rangers one. Yeah, the Power Rangers one. I mean, like, you know, definitely there are extremes that are going on, but it's a little bit, you know, it's it was a fairly bit yeah, it's very tame, a bit tongue in cheek. I mean, it's a kids, it's a kids show, you know, so it has a little bit of the camp in there, which is, you know, which is what you want with a project like this. But, you know, uh, so that in that case, you know, I can do the scenes and I can jump out of it and think about safety and not worry about, you know, but if I'm sitting there and I'm worried about like, you know, I have to be there that my father just got killed, you know, and I have to live in that for hours. I don't want to have to pull myself out of that and be like, okay, well, make sure that Steve is okay when he hits the ground and you know, make sure that I don't squeeze too hard when I'm, you know, when I'm trying to go through these different things, you know, I, I don't want to be in that kind of space. Um, That's interesting because so, I feel like the, the, the typical answer you always hear from, uh, you know, stunt people or action actors or whatever is like, oh yeah, I want to be like Jackie Chan and do my own stunts and like, you know, like be this like iconic person, just like, like my heroes, you know, or Bruce Lee or, or whatever. And like, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of interesting to hear you say that, like, yeah, if you, you had a big role in, in a big movie that where you had to act like, you know, all the time that you'd want. Makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but it's funny. Cause like, yeah, it's just like not what you normally hear from people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but also, you know, what the kind of people you're talking about, you know, they, they, they make a very specific kind of movie, you know, they have a very specific brand, you know, um, which it does allow them to kind of jump back and forth a bit. And, you know, as I get more experience, maybe I'll be able to do more jumping back and forth. But I, I think, you know, when it comes to action kind of movies, you know, depending on what kind of action movie it is, it is very, if it's like very strong drama, then I might not do my own stunts. But if it was something more like, you know, I don't know, a little bit bigger, a little bit more, you know, kid friendly or something like that. Then I wouldn't mind doing my own stunts. I mean, I, it's really just when I have to really go to like a really dark place, or if I have to go to a really, you know, a, a lated place or something like, you know, some kind of extreme of humanity that I, I and I have to do it very realistically. Then, you know, I don't want to have to be worrying about safety at the same time. You know what I mean? What was it like Keanu Reeves movie that just came out? They they, they made two of them, like the super big action. John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. What if it was like uh, a John Wick type of movie? Like, would you would you be down for that, or is that something that you consider more like weighty? I don't know why I'm asking this question. I'm just curious. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. I mean, as far as that kind of project, you know, like a, a John Wick, yeah, there was some weighty scenes in there. You know, I mean, like the. I don't know about the second movie so much, but the first movie, you know, like the whole thing with his wife and his dog. And that was something that was actually really good to him. But part of the brand of John Wick is that he did his own stunts and is that he, you know, part of the marketing campaign was him training. So Keanu. And, 
so that's the thing, you know, if that's the case and, I, and I, say I'm in the lead actor and I have a little bit of leeway about how things might be, I would, I would let them know, like, if, I, if I'm going to do my own stunts, I need to have these big scenes, you know, with maybe you know, a lot of dialogue and whatever, separate from the days where I'm doing physical things, because I don't right. like, at least in the same day, it would be very difficult. Yeah, they shoot those. Yeah. They definitely shoot those separately. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, you know, but I don't know. It, I think movies like that, because uh, Stahelski is the director was actually a stuntman and you know a stunt coordinator and a fight you know like he's he's like you know huge in the industry already in that respect he already he knows that kind of you know setup but a lot of your other kind of directors you know sometimes they you know you see a lot of on tv sets and movie sets that they put stunts at the very last and they're like oh well you know this is only taking up a fifth of the a fifth of the uh the page, you know, so obviously we don't need to spend that much time on it. Let's, let's just do the stunt in the last hour, but <laughs> not thinking that, 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 that fifth of a page takes days of planning and, you know, choreography and, you know, all these different things that have to go through it, you know, but because they're looking at it as if it's a scene like for an actor, you know, cause if a, a fifth of a page for an actor, you know, that's, that's like a line, you know, so that's, that's nothing. But for stunts though, you know, like that one little bit of action can take a whole day. Right. So the question was, how did you get into stunt acting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I like I said, you know, how, I. What was your first? How did you get your first job? Did you audition? Did you just know somebody? Yeah. Did you make a reel? Like, what was the process? Like, because I, I know I, I have a friend right now who's a really like brand new actor, wants to be a stunt stunt man. You know, he's he's trying to figure it out. He's like working with teams. Like, he's trying to get his foot in the door. So, like, I know he. Podcast, um, you know, shout out to Riley Rios, yeah. Uh, but I'm, 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 I know the question he's gonna be asked is like, well, how did you get to where you are now? You know, like you've got 44 stunt credits, like, um, like what was that thing that you did in the beginning that got you going and started on your path? You know, well, definitely, you know, you need to, you do need to make a reel, and I've had various ones, and I think they've gotten better as I've gone. I've been, I was very lucky for myself that I had somewhat of a a video editing interest and in, like starting from college before I even started in the industry. Um, you know, just making slideshows and whatnot, but really a lot of times the reel is more or less just kind of like a, a really a kind of like a fast paced slideshow with video instead of pictures. And then uh, you put it to music. Um, and, and of course I've gotten more concise and, and, and everything since then, but you know, yeah, you have to make a reel, you have to put and on that reel, you know, some advice for people out there that might be listening that are interested in something like this, you know, you want to only use your best stunt, only show it once. Um, even if, even if you have five of the same thing that are really great, all of them are really great. Choose one of them, your best one. And that's the only one that you put in there. And then you put, you know, it's and then you just, there's no lead up. There's no anything like a lot of, a lot of stunt coordinators. They don't even want you to really have a face. They're going to look at your picture, you know, that your stunt, your, whatever, uh, your headshot, but, um, in your reel, you don't really need to put it on there. Um, but then again, some people say you do, you know, that's just how I, I don't have mine in there. If you look at my stunt reel, it, you start right away, boom, 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 boom for a minute. And then at the end, it's just done. It's done. You know, and I have my title screen at the end, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't waste time with putting my headshot there or anything like that. I go straight into the action and it's hard hitting from the beginning to the end. And I try to keep everything very 
concise. You know, I don't have a lead up of anything. You just see me hit the wall, and then you, the next thing you're seeing me on fire, and then the next thing you're seeing me, you know, in a fight, and the next thing, you know, it's like it's one after the other, boom, boom, boom. And then I, you know, obviously put it to music for your for yourself. So, what did your reel look like for when, before you got CSI in New York? Like, how many stunts did you have on? What stunts did you have? Like, how yeah, did you film them yourself? Yeah, you know, um, I I got. In- I, let me ask you this: because mm-hmm. I've seen reels that are like, um, you know, people. Uh, jumping off of trash cans and like very like homemade uh-huh well which is fine you know as long as it as long as the actual skill is professional grade like a lot of times especially if you're new that they'll people will forgive you for some kind of you know if it's not quite looking like it's from a red camera or a, an alexis or anything like that you know they'll but if you do a great you know great physical feat even on a cell phone People know it's a great physical feat, right? So if you could, if you're doing a backflip and you land on your feet, then there's nobody. You know, it doesn't matter how bad the camera angle is. It doesn't matter how bad the camera is. People that see that will know. Oh, that guy can do a backflip, right? So it's the right. same with any other stunt. You know, it's like if you're going to hit the wall and it looks painful, it doesn't matter if it's a cell phone camera. It looks painful. It look and then, but you know, you, it, the trick is being able to do it over and over and over again. You know, there's a lot of guys that start out. What start out? They're trying to kind of put out, put out like, oh, I can do all these big hits and stuff like that. But then, you know, they can only do it a couple of times. But then you have these veterans, you know, that are like, you know, thir- you know, in their 40s, and they're they're hitting the ground, but they can do it 20 times in a row. And that's what you need to do because you know, the, you know, the camera might, the cameraman might not move in the right way. The, uh, you know, an extra might, you know, like go off on the wrong cue, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen that are out of your control and you might do it perfectly, but then somebody doesn't catch it, you know, but the idea is that, you know, there's enough planning and you know how to work your body well enough that you can do that stunt over and over and over and over, you know, um, but, but you wouldn't put that in the reel though, right? You right. Show yeah. So, I mean, it's, so there's a bit of the, there's a bit of that, but like if you do show that you can take a hard hit, you know, and it looks looks like a professional kind of thing, it doesn't look like you you made a mistake, you know, um, then you know it it's going to be beneficial to have it on there. But you have to think about the real itself is not going to get anybody a job ever, you know, unless it's unless it's you know ridiculous, you know, which you're not going to have when you first start. You're not. It's not going to get you the job. It's only going to make. It's only going to solidify when they've already made the decision, right? So the really what gets you the job is networking and meeting people and getting refer, references and training with people and you know really showing. You know, the stunt community is such a small community. There's not very many people that actually work, um, and of those people that actually work, there are not that many people that can make a, a living just on stunts. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, um, you know. I think at least some people don't quite understand how to run their business well enough, you know, as far as marketing and, and whatnot goes and, or they're not networking enough. There's a lot of very talented people in the industry that aren't working as much as I think they should. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that they, you know, don't quite, um, you know, market themselves the right way, you know, and there are various pitfalls that people fall into, but, um, that's what I've mostly noticed that like some people that are very talented need to 
really take a step back and learn about business. And I was very fortunate that I learned about economics in college and I, I focused on marketing a lot and entrepreneurship because I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and that's what I am. And that's how I run my business as an entrepreneur. You know, I, I have my revenue coming in, I have my costs going out and I have my R&D, which is training and, you know, classes and seminars and, you know, all these different things that you have to do as an actor and a stunt person and as a, you know, as a writer and a director too, you know, it's like all these things have their own set of things that you have to spend money on and play and spend your time on in order to get working knowledge. And then, you know, use your network while you're gaining that knowledge to, you know, get the right kind of ref references to the right types of people. Um, and being on, there's like, there's different lists that you can be on, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, like you have your stunt phone and your eye stunt and yeah, you know, if you're a little bit more into it, then you can be, you know, um, on, on yeah, there's just a bunch of different things you can do, you know, uh, be, be on that you can be searched for, you know, but a lot of times in there, the coordinator sees you and unless it's something super easy that they feel like they can take a chance on you, for the most part, they're going to go with somebody that they know, because even a very simple stunt, if something goes wrong, people could hurt, get hurt, they could die, they, yeah. you know, you know, property damage, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, even with a very small, small stunt. But, you know, say with an actor, though, you can take more of a chance on some actors just because if they mess up a line, it's like, okay, cut, let's do it again. You know, it'll take time, it'll take money, but it's not, you know, nobody's going to get, nobody's going to hurt, get hurt by missing a line. You know what I mean? Right. So going back to uh, your first job, and I and I, and I I get the sense that like you know you got the the opportunity on uh, CSI New York based off connections you made by by being an extra and yeah knowing the well, right people. Not, not not as an extra, but um, I so I at the time there was a service called Missy's that I had joined. Um, I I'd heard from various people like you know there was a couple of, like there's Bills and there's Missy's who are they're both deceased now unfortunately, but. Um, you know, it used to be something called a call-in service, right? Basically, or was it a call-in? I don't know if it was call yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. A calling service. But basically, basically what would happen is before there was like internet and all that kind of thing, they, they would have lists of people and, you know, you're on various jobs and like cell phones weren't as like, you know, prominent back in the day. So what they would have is basically one, uh, one of these services that a stunt coordinator could call them to ask them, is this person available? What can they do? And, um, and then, you know, and then at that point they would have a point of reference to talk. It's kind of like a, like a, per, like a per personal assistant almost in a way, but they were a personal assistant for any, everybody that was on their, on their listing. Right. Um, so Missy agreed to take me in and she knew that my martial arts background and she knew, you know, that I was, you know, training and everything like that. So what she did was, um, you know, she, she kept me in mind. She's like sent me on something called hustles. You know, something that you do as a stunt person is, uh, you know, you can, you'll go and, and find a set and then you'll find, you meet the stunt coordinator and then, you know, shake their hand, you know, give them your resume, maybe show them a video if they have time, if not, you know, but you have to be very respectful about it and make sure that you're not bothering them, you know, um, which is something you would never even think about doing for acting. You know, it's like not, not going to find a set and then be like, hey, you know, hire me as an actor. That, that's that would be career suicide. But it's a, it's a very <laughs> right. respectful thing. And also what it allows the coordinator to do is. Um, kind of judge your character a little bit because they see how you are. If you're, if they're talking to the director or producer and all of a sudden you're butting in and be like, Hey, I need to meet you. You know, and like you're you know, it, then it's disrespectful. That says a, that says a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like your set etiquette isn't there. So, um, so like, there's a lot of things that happen with that, but at the same time too, you know, it's like, since it's such a high trust kind of, 
part of the industry, um, you know, they don't want to take a chance on just anybody. So, you know, they might, you might have to hustle the same, the same coordinator, you know, 10 times before they're really going to even consider you. And right. even then they're still going to want, they're going to ask about you to other people that might know you. And like I said, it's a small community. So if nobody knows you, then, um, you know, the more risk it's going to be for them, um, you know, because they, they don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, it's safety is the number one thing for stunts anywhere. You know? Wow. So do the, so these services don't exist anymore? This, this sort of well, uh, system you're describing? They're kind of outdated now. Um, I mean, I, I think that maybe some people still use them. Um, I, I don't personally. Um, the reason being is because everybody has a cell phone now, you know, so before, you know, you'd have, you yeah, I'm sure you have a page. Well, I mean, is it, no, you don't need an app. It's just you know your phone. It, it'll log who called, when they called. They can text message you. You know, <laughs> right. email you. you get it right away. You know, versus before, you know, you'd have to find a pay phone. You might have a page. You might not. You know, it's like a lot of different things. So um, that that it had much higher value then, and now since we all can do that for ourselves, you know, it's not much of a need there. But what that's been replaced with is these kind of like directory listings like on different you know on different platforms on websites right, and, right. and apps and all this kind of stuff and, and all all of them you know have varying degrees of uh what is it called uh like verification that you need to have you know like certain amount of credits or or you know something like that so it i mean it's very difficult to start um, I think I got very fortunate meeting the right people, but a lot of it was me putting myself in those situations where I could meet people and really following the leads in a strong way, you know, other than just like, Hey, I'm talented. Somebody's going to find me, which unfortunately too many people do. Um, and so, you right, know, right. a lot of people, you know, especially like say, I had this with my family, you know, they like, but there's so many people that want to be actors and some people like, you know, it, the, the chances are so small. What makes you think that you can do it? I was like, well, you know, once I got into it, I was like, well, there's a lot of people that want to, but the people that are actually putting themselves out there in the most effective ways and, you know, really building that reputation, not a lot of people are actually doing that, you know, and in, I think that's just part of life, especially in LA, you know, it's expensive to live there. So you have your, you have to have your side hustle in the beginning. Um, I think I got very fortunate that I was close to, where I want, like, not close to, but adjacent of where, you know, I was on sets and I was right. You were on yeah. sets. So, yeah. you know, if I, yeah, that's if huge. I did see a, a stunt person on a set when I was standing in there, you know, I wouldn't try to like, be like, Hey man, you should get me in there. I would just ask them, you know, I talked to them and what, just like I would the electric electrician or just like I would the gaffer or the PA is like, what do you do every day? How does it work? Where do you train? You know, all these different questions. And, you know, yeah. usually people are down to have a conversation. You know, if, they, if you're if they get the feeling that you want something from them, then it gets weird. Right. It gets really awkward. You know, it's like, you oh, know, right. like. You know, but if you're just chatting, asking them questions, just yeah. curious, like people. Love I mean, talking. knowledge is power. You can get a lot of knowledge from a lot of these conversations. And from that, you can figure out, OK, well, these are the these are some gyms that I can go to and meet people. These are the, some skills that I can, you know, look up or you know, ask other people about, you know, and maybe even if they do like you, they could even refer you to, you know, classes or whatnot. But I, I never tried to, I tried not to ask too many times, you know, it was like most of the time I would just try to have the conversation because I figured, you know, I could, I could figure it out myself, you know, as long as I know where to go or like uh, the general vicinity of where to go and the general vicinity of how I'm supposed to be, then I could figure it out. And that's what I did. So, so, I want to ask this question and get a straight answer just because 
uh, I think this is so valuable for people who are just starting, but like when you got your first job, when you're first like on that list, what was your first stunt reel? Like what, like what stunts were on it? You know, how long was it? Like what order were the stunts in? Like that kind of, I just want to get really nerdy and technical right now. <laughs> just so for people, you know, I can guarantee you that my, the first stunt coordinator that hired me, um, did not even see my stunt reel before he hired me. Um, like I said, I was, wow. on, I was on that list. She had seen some of the stuff I could do, you know, and she had various things to say about my videos. But, um, you know, but since I was with them and then, you know, she knew I, I was actively going to sets and trying to hustle and trying to meet people. Then she took it upon herself that when he called her and basically said, hey, uh, I have a, I have something in here. And he, luckily, this man is, you know, he's a legend in the industry, by the way, Norman Howell. Uh, really, and he's a good friend now, you know, uh, you know and, he, and he knows he's the first guy to get to really give me a shot um and basically he called her and was like you know he likes to help people in the beginning which is you know something that can be kind of rare in the industry you know trying to help the newer generations and whatnot so and basically he told her he's like hey you know i have this role it needs to look like this is this kind of person he is bodega's uh, bodega owner's son um he's like it has to look kind of like this um do you have anybody and uh, you know we can use somebody green and, and then she, my name, since I had been in active conversation with her, you know, for, you know, I think a couple of months at that point, you know, she recommended me and that was my first, that was my first job. And I, I guarantee you, he and, you did, and you didn't need the real, no, well, you know, in the stunt that I did, I didn't need, I didn't even have a stunt pad, a stunt bag at that point. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any pads. I had a, a working knowledge, a, a little bit of a working knowledge of like, you know, how to you know take hits and whatnot, but I didn't even know what I was doing when I first got there. Basically, I just got knocked down by somebody that was running away from a cop, you know. But I think mo mainly for that one, it was he wanted to talk to her, get her honest opinion of you know somebody that could you know do the job and be some you know do something further than that, but also would be good to be on a set and not you know. I don't know, harass the director or the producer or the lead actor, or try to take pictures with everybody or, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I mean, like, and, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody kind of like, you know, every once in a while takes pictures with, you know, the, with, with people and stuff like that. But it's usually after you've done a good job on set and you've gotten to that point where there's like a mutual respect of everything. Because when you first meet somebody, even if it's somebody that's that you know of, you know, it's still at this certain little a bit of a wall between you at first, you know, um, and and obviously you can break it down as fast as you know as fast as you can, but there's still it's still there at first. So you know, but uh, if you try to break that wall just by like, hey, hey, I'm a huge fan of you, blah blah, blah you know, they get that all the time from all their fans, not from people that they're working for them. You know, obviously you want to show that you respect their work and that you do know their work and that <laughs> right. and that you are you know. But um, like for me, I, I've worked with a few people that I, were, I was fans of, or, or you know, and I, I didn't tell them until after I was already leaving the set. You know, I'd already done the whole day. I'd been on set with them all day, done all the work, and then after I was like, "Hey, by the way, you know, I really, I really uh, have been a fan for a long time, and you know, and it's really a pleasure to work with you." And and that was it. That's a good tip. You know? That's um, a hot tip. Hot tip. Albert, do we have a soundboard? <laughs> bring, bring, bring. Good tip. Bing, bing. Uh, no, we, we <laughs> don't. <laughs> 
I, I have a <laughs> dramatic piano I can play. I don't think it's very fitting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just think about it. You know, it's, nice. it's dropping some dimes on us, Peter. It'd be yeah. super it's weird, right? Just I mean, people forget that they're just people. You know, it's like no matter who they are, they're still people. You know, so if you if anybody just comes up to you and be like, oh my god, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, blah 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 blah. I mean, you might be flattered and you might like you know talk to them a bit, but you're not gonna like. Oh yeah, respect. Them. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> no. There can be a respect there too, but it's not going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it. Then you automatically put yourself at a lower place than them. But if you are in a scene with them, you guys have to be at the same place, even if you're not. You have to be there at that moment at the same place. You know, so yeah, you gotta be right. like a professional. You know, <laughs> right? And like, and like kind of, yeah. Hold, hold it. Hold yourself like you've been there before, even if it's your first time. You know, and. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, like, you know, a professional. <laughs> right. Well, you know, like say this Power Rangers thing, you know, I uh, when I first met Jason David Frank, you know, obviously I was like, I was like, oh, my God, because you know, I, I watched him as a kid, you know, and it was a huge deal for me. But I if you would have seen me on that day, you know, I think even him, he probably thought that I was like, he's like, who's this jerk? Like, he's not even like, <laughs> you know, it's like and I, I just I just treat him like anybody else. And, you know, I was like, OK, this is going to be the scene. This is how we're going to do it. This is what I, my ideas on it. What are your ideas? You know, like. Even though obviously I'm not anywhere like near like the 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 caliber of like you know of, of his career, like but it doesn't mean that in that moment I treated him like he was. You know, I was like I needed him to be the same as me because we were working together as a team on this. You know, obviously he was the you know he, he was a bit more you know, important on some aspects of it because he's a celebrity. And the, since the piece kind of revolved around that in a bit, in a, in a certain way, um, I, I had to be cognizant of that myself. But at the same time, like, how, what can I do to make that better versus like, oh, this guy's so cool. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to like, you know, be fanboying about him all the time, you know? So, sorry. Did, did I not even answer your first question? No, I know you, no, 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 you, no, 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 you about, got it. You got it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you asked me about real. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's take it back right. just one more step before we move forward. And when did you decide to move to Los Angeles? <laughs> oh, whoa. Going way back. <laughs> at what point? At what point? Because you didn't, did you do stunt acting in Ohio before you moved here? Well, no, I, I went to college in San Diego. So, I moved, I moved gotcha. away from Ohio at 18 to come to undergraduate at UC San Diego um, and in La Jolla. And then I finished my, my degree there. And then I moved up to Santa Monica to do that, that market, that um, business development specialist job I told you about earlier and mm-hmm. then started doing actual work. So I, I moved to LA maybe about seven or eight years ago, but I actually moved here originally for that market research job. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So you didn't even have the intention <laughs> well, of being a stunt actor. Well, you know, like, actor, like I said, you know, I, I still at that point was still learning that about the business of it, and mm-hmm. you know, it was because you only know about the art when you first start, right? Um, at least mo- most people usually only know about the art side of it, and it's kind of this pie in the sky thing. But for me, what really opened up my eyes to everything was what it was seeing the business side of it and seeing you know, that it is like any other business and that what I have been preparing myself for, for my life, which was, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur like my father. And I knew that from a very young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to, you know, make waves in that, in that kind of realm. And once I saw, I was like, oh, well, that's exactly what I'd be doing. I'm a, I'd be a freelance person. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my business and then I am selling a service, you right. know? And then, 
And then two years ago, I started my production company and, you know, I, same kind of principles. And it's just, and, and that really kind of opens up things. It opens up your eyes a bit about it too. It's because in, since I have my own company, you know, it's literally, I am re- registering as an entrepreneur right. with the government as an S corporation, you know? So right, right. once I saw that aspect of the industry, that's when I really was like, okay, I know I can do this. Like I'm, a, I'm, I might fail at it, but I know that it's possible. You know, it's not, I'm not winning the lottery here. There's work involved. Right. So I'm willing to do the work. Let me give this a shot. You know, that's good. Yeah. So I realized you actually didn't really answer my question <laughs> from before. And let's Kellerman. What was on your reel? Or not even <laughs> what was on your reel. Cause I guess I know realize now that you like the reel wasn't really the important thing at that time. But I think the, the main question that I think would be useful is like, what would you want to see on a reel or what should a, a, a young stunt performer put on a reel that'll like impress people? Like, are there certain stunts that you need to see? That's a better way of asking it. Already. Well, that's the thing, you know, stunts is such a broad term when it comes to film. Cause it's really just anything that's um, anything that's physical, you know, it could any, basically anytime a, 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 one actor touches another or like does anything more than a brisk walk could be considered a stunt because there's a certain amount of danger that goes with it, you know. So, I mean, the only thing that wouldn't be a stunt is if you're sitting and talking or standing and talking, you know, there's a lot, very low risk there, you <laughs> right. know, but. Right, but you're, but you're not going to show brisk walking on a reel, like, right, you know, exactly. you, you'll want to see what, like, high falls, like car hits, like what, what are you talking here? Well, that's the thing, you know, it, it's really whatever your talent is. For me, my my real starting out was martial arts because that's, that's my background, you know, and of course you need to be able to take hits and make, you know, have it look like it hurts, you know, and that's the thing is like a lot of people, it might actually hurt, but it doesn't mean it looks like it hurts on film. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's a lot of experimentation that you have to have and there's a lot of honesty that you have to have with yourself about what a stunt actually looks like and what a stunt felt like. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's a big distinction. And that's something I had to get over too, is because I know that a lot of martial arts is very clean and a very, you know, very calculated and, uh, uh, you know, good structure in their body, stuff like that. But if you're a goon, then you have to be sloppy, you know, and you could maybe do the best flips in, in the world. But usually, I mean, not always, but usually there's only one guy or one or two people on the set that's actually doing those. And everybody else is doing it uh, like they might be doing a flip, but then they're landing on their back or they're landing, you know, they're making it look like it hurts. So it, it needs to be a little bit, a little bit, a uh, little bit sloppy, you know, because that's what gives it the realism. You know, if you're getting punched in the face and you do a backflip, you know, if you get punched in your face and do a perfect back tuck, then that's going <laughs> right. to look weird. But get punched in the face, but then you, and then you lay out, do a back and then you land like on your chest and then you, you know, like it's really nasty and, and gross, you know, and which is, you know, obviously bad form, but that looks real. That looks like, you know, and as a stunt person, you're more often than not going to be a villain or going to be a, a goon of a bad guy, you know, and really the only, the hero gets to have those kind of flashy moves and come out unscathed. You know what I mean? Um, so that's a big part of it, you know, it, 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 and that's what takes a lot of time in itself is really learning how to like loosen up your body and really think about the physics of taking hits and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, back to your question, you know, it really just depends on what you're good at. If you're a good driver, you don't need to, like, you should probably put a driving stuff on your first reel. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a great gymnast, you want, you're probably going to want to put gymnastics on there, but then same kind of thing. You want to also put some stuff on there that looks like it hurts, you know, like you got punched in the face and did a backflip, but it was a laid out, nasty arms flailing kind of backflip, you know? Right. If you're a martial artist, showing that you can do fight beats, but then 
you know, make it look like it's actually hitting their face and that it has a good style and that you can really, you know, make it look like it hurts when you get hit yourself as well. So, I mean, you know, it's hard to say what specifically you should have on your first reel. I would say that whatever you can do professionally, and I'm talking about like, look at the best people out there and see what it looks like when they do it. And because they're working and then obviously if they're working and they do it like that, then if you mimic that, you know, it looks similar to that, then you're onto something, right? right. Um, so it's a lot, of, a lot of honesty when it comes to that too. You know, there's a lot of people that are martial artists that are like, well, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I've been doing martial arts my whole life. When it comes to film though, film martial arts is different. One example is, uh, you know, usually for me, I used to be a fighter for a long time in Taekwondo. You know, if I was kicking somebody, my target would be about a foot past their body, right? So I'm doing a roundhouse kick from the side. I'm going like I'm trying to hit them in the ribs, but my target is actually a foot away from that in front, you know, so I'm kicking through them. Right, right, right. Of course. But on film, though, you know, that, that's in a fight, though. But on film, though, if you do that and then you have to stop with your leg bent, it looks like you you pulled it. Even if you actually hit them, it looks like you pulled it. So, you know, adjusting it so that your full extension is at their body, that's what looks good on film. Not, you know, it, but also depending on what kind of fight you're going for. But usually that's the case. But that's something that a lot of martial artists have a hard time with. Right, yeah. right, right. So my, my friend's approach is basically like he's just gathering all the stunts that he can. So he, he's gotten hired uh, to do a few things like he's done like a small car hit. He's done like a tumble over like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think it was like a, like a trash can or something. And he did a fall, you know, on camera and then a couple other things. But then he also made a short film where he just jumps out of a car like, you know, Mm-hmm. And it's like really like short, like one minute movie or something, just like all about the stunt. Like the stunt was the whole reason why they did the story. Sure. Um, so he was like going to email me and say like, okay, here's a couple other stunts that I don't have that I, that I should have in my reel, you know? And I'm just curious, like, you know, if that's even a way to go or if it's more important to just like find the one thing that you're good at and just focus on that. Well, you know, like I said, um, you know, you, you want to pick one of every stunt that's your best. Right. So you don't you don't have five car hits. You know, you might feel compelled to put five car hits because like, well, all of them hurt and all of them are awesome and they all look really (laughs) good. But, you know, it's like a lot of times coordinators, if they are going to look at your reel, they'll they have one stunt in mind. So all they're doing is waiting for that stunt to show up on your reel. And after that, they stop watching. Right. 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 So because like, you know, if I don't you don't I don't need to know that you're a scuba diver if I'm trying to get you to you know, do a high fall. Right, right. right. So if you have like a whole bunch of scuba stuff, you know, through the whole thing, you know, you show that you're a water person, but then I'm going to be like, well, okay, I I don't see a high fall. Okay. We need somebody that can do a high fall. Right, right, right. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, So just do do, Um, do one of each basically. Switch it up, Alrix friend. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But like I said, like I said, you know, it's like he needs to, he needs to take those stunts and he needs to compare them to professional grade projects that is the same stunt. Because a lot of them are, you know, they, you know, the stunts are just different. They're just different context. Right. Um, you know, find it, find an example of a car hit, find an example of a fight and all the kind of things that are at the highest level. And then really be honest with yourself and be like, does this look comparable? Does this look like I'm professional like they are? Or do I need to not show this and show my other work that is professional grade? And then I need to work on my blank. 
you know, whatever, whatever skill that is. And I've had to do that many times, you know, it's like I, I have, and, and a lot of times too, is, you know, you want to find somebody that is working that can, you know, give you some feedback, like, you know, maybe don't show this, maybe show that. I mean, which is hard, you know, some people aren't really down, down to do that um, anyway, but you know, it, it does help. I've had, you know, some of my colleagues, you know, I'll, I'll send them my reels like, Hey, do you have any, do you have any, anything in here that doesn't look quite, you know, like, like, that my best work, you know, and I've had, you know, they're like, yeah, this all is fine. Take this out. This sucks. You know, you, this looks really baby. Like it looks like you, you pull your punch here. It looks like you were afraid to get hit here. You know, it's like different kind of things. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with, you know, your actual skill level. It has more to do with just like what happened in that moment that, that got captured on film. Yeah. And everybody, everybody messes up sometimes, you know, so you don't want to, but then, you know, sometimes it's easy for people to get in this mode that, you know, I, I, I never mess up. Whatever I do is great. You know? right. So, you know, being honest with yourself is very, very important. I mean, with any kind of art, we can kind of get caught up in our own brilliance, I guess. It's a good way to put it. And uh, But, you know, it, that can end up being kind of dangerous when it comes to really um, putting yourself out there. Yeah. Ego. <laughs> yeah. Ego. Ego is good and bad at the same All time. about your ego. <laughs> well, here, so we don't really have that much time, so we should probably... F- pick a couple like one more topic to talk about uh colorman what are you interested in do you want to hear about agents and managers or do you want to focus more on talking more about stunts and the actual stunts? no no agents and managers is kind of boring okay. <laughs> um, nice. what well, you know I, uh, actually uh my agency I, I was with an agent for a long time and uh there were some family issues that happened with the other side of the agency so it dissolved the uh they dissolved the theatrical side of it. Oh wow! Um, she became a manager, so now I am technically without a without an agent. Oh wow! <laughs> Were they uh, being extremely helpful for you? Yeah, no, I booked I booked a, a, quite a few things for them, especially over the last year. So I, I'm very I, I love my agent. You know, I'm really sad that that happened. You know, but um, you know, it is what it is. It's how the business goes, and um, you know, just onward and up here, upward from here. I still, you know, I still am working with her. I was going to say, she's a manager now. Are you planning to get an, uh, an agent to, to get a new agent? Oh yeah. I definitely have to get an agent at some point, but you know, like it's, you know, for me, the main source of income for me is stunts. Right. So, and not to mention, you know, that's really my vocation right now. Right. Um, I, I, I love stunts, you know, so um, it, it's a huge focus for me anyway, which for stunts, you don't need an agent. Um, you you are your own agent, and you you know you it's it's more about you know your like kind of reputation and all that. So so you just worked at on bad times at the El Royale, mm-hmm. and since you don't have an agent that re- represents you for stunts, like how did that job come up? Was it just through a coordinator that you had worked with before, or did you have to hustle hard to get on that set? Like how did how did that job come about? Well, for me, that job um, the the stunt coordinator I had known him for a while. Actually, when I worked on Agents of Shield. Uh, a while back, I did an, is something called a near car miss. Basically, just ran into the street, and then he stops on a mark, and I act like I'm like I almost got hit, you know. Um, and if I would have stayed on the mark, I would have been hit. But, you know, it's just getting out of the way of the car, pretty much. Uh, okay. But he was the guy that he was the guy that drove that cab when I was running across the street. So, and I, but I had met him actually before that, actually on Star Trek Two, and I was a stand-in, um, and, and I was just you know kind of asking around. I, I wasn't trying to like get a job from him or anything like that. But you know, like, he was he was really cool, and I, I told him like I, I am interested in stunts, you know, and and uh, and he gave me some advice, you know, along with some of the other stunt guys on there, you know. When you're standing, you're pretty much part of the crew. 
Yeah, you're standing there while they set up. Yeah, well, and, and you know, you're sitting by by crafty and all the kind of stuff, you know. Just, but I I always did it when they had their downtime and they weren't doing anything important, you know. So of course. But yeah, I mean, I think that was actually the first time I met him. I don't think you think he remembers that. But then uh, you know, later on, like we had worked, we ended up working together on Agents of Shield, and then um, I had seen him at like other events, and I had emailed him a couple of times, and then you know, years and years and years and years and years later, that was the first time he hired me. Wow, nice. And what stunt did you do? You never know who it's going to be. Right, right. I think that's that's a good lesson is like, you know, you just talk to people, do something. And then, you know, if you did good work, then it might come around again later. You know, you never know. Yeah, he may not have known who you were when you actually started working for him or whatever, but you were familiar to him. Well, I, I was in a different, I was in a different department, you know, at that point. I wasn't in stunts there. So I was, you know, I was just well, standing. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I... I, I was trying to get information and that was it, you know, just like kind of learning about him and also stunts in general. And, you know, I thought it was cool to, to get to meet him. Um, but then, you know, like I said, you know, I, I didn't expect anything from that. Right. Uh, but, you know, as I start progressing and he's, he's like one of the top stunt coordinators out there, you know, he does, he's really huge, really huge projects. So, um, yeah, I was I was very honored when I got the the, uh, the the email or call from him. I was probably referred by somebody. I would imagine. Um, I don't know specifically who, but um, you know that's usually how it works. You mean somebody else who was already working on the film? Yeah, and I was working. I was I worked with a lot of the guys on that film with, on previous projects. You know, actually, I, I think um, some of those guys on there yeah, I worked with on uh, in here in Hawaii again. I'm, I'm in Hawaii right now, but it was on. Uh, MacGyver, you know, I worked, uh, it was like crossover episode between Hawaii Five-0 and, and MacGyver. So I worked with a bunch of them on, on that, you know, so we spent a week in Hawaii. That's yeah, cool. Getting to know them there. Was that an exclusive scoop? Is that already out? Oh yeah, no, that, that, came, that came out a long time ago, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. But, it, but for Bad Times at the El Royale, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a flashback scene. I don't want to give it too much away, but actually it was, it was cut out. It was, most of it was cut out. I don't even know if I stuck oh, in there, wow. to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah, and, but that's how, that's how it usually works, you know? And I think yeah, it, I don't think it was, had anything to do with the way it looked. I think it more had to do with um, later on, you see the same kind of action from a character um, later in the movie. So if he had shown it twice in a row, it would kind of lose its effect, lose its surprise. Right, right. right? So, yeah. So for that kind of thing, like, do you come in for one day, two day? Like, is there a bunch of prep that you do beforehand? Like, how does it work for that kind of that one, job? I, I was in, I was on that job for a week. Um, it was all night shoots. Um, oh, wow. you know, part of it was planning. Part of it was rehearsing. You know, they, they were dealing with uh, what they call poppers. You know, it was like little like um, fuel explosions that were going on and, you know, simulated gunfire and, you know, getting the camera angles just right. And, um, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into these goes into these films, you know, um, that we don't really see uh, or know about, you know, until you actually get in the crux of it. But um, so, you know, for us being there that week, we did a lot of a lot of work, and it showed. And then there was a, a piece of it in there, you know. But most of that movie was shot in Canada. So. Oh wow! And can you talk about what you're doing in Hawaii right now? Uh, I have a small acting part um, on a, a new TV show that. That should be coming out. Um, I don't know if I should say what the thing is. <laughs> right, right, right. You, you signed an NDA. That's awesome, I dude. <laughs> Congrats. Well, actually, yeah. I haven't signed an NDA, um, but 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I never. It's not exclusive. I never know. No, I mean, I can say I, I'm working, you know, but I don't. I'm not going to tell you anything <laughs> right. about the story, and I, I don't know if I should say the name either, just just to be safe. But, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. You, you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> it's exciting, man. I mean, I think whenever it's big enough where you shouldn't say what it is, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. So yeah, congrats, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, any any TV show or any any kind of project, it, really, just anything, you know, even the short film, you know, when we worked on the power interesting like there's a lot of things i couldn't post you know same kind of thing and that i mean not that that was a small production but it wasn't like you know it wasn't a feature film but you know it's just it just respects out for the you know the companies and for the directors and for the writers and all that kind of stuff you know it's like you want the audience to have and it's really just respect for yourself too you want the audience to have you want the audience to have the best experience possible so if you're spoiling stuff for them you know, then how's that going to make it good for anybody else? You know? Yeah. So, um, Kellerman, do you have any questions that you want to ask? Any last things? I have a good one if you don't have one. Um, well, I was going to just ask if you were planning to do any more. Uh, do you have anything else in the works as far as directing? I have directed, uh, I, I created my production company two years ago, uh, Simplicity Pictures. Uh, and I have filmed three short films two of them are in post-production one of them had just got finished with its uh, initial round of um, festivals which it won, it won you know quite quite a few awards not not a huge wow. amount of awards awesome. but you know it was also my first project so that, that was cool but i wrote and directed all three of those um the second one i it's called boss uzi you can actually find the trailer for it online and also nothing is sacred is my first short film and there right. both of those trailers are on my youtube channel which doesn't actually have a lot of stuff on there, but those two trailers are on there. I made those myself, and they're the um, they're one minute each. Um, and the second project I had was uh, was Boss Uzi and the, the trailer that's on there. And that one, I uh, the story was by Ephraim Walker. He's a is a good friend of mine, a great great producer. Um, he also produced it with me, and uh, he it was a story by him. Um, I wrote the screenplay that we shot, and. Uh, and then we came up with the story together of the, like what happens after this, you know, so where, where it go say somebody was interested in the product, uh, in, interested in the, right, right. you have a future idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, so we, we built that together and then, um, I, and I co-directed it with Damon Jamal who, you know, he has actually more experience as a director than I am. And he's a phenomenal guy, you know, and I love these guys, you know, they're, they're a really great team and we, we made some really awesome work together. So I'm excited for it to come out. It's, it's been a quite, it's been a bit, but, um, that since we shot it, but, you know, since, you know, it's, it's since it's a small production, you know, we are paying it for everything ourselves. So it's uh, kind of, it, it ends up moving a little bit slower, you know? Oh, right. Of course. Uh, so your yeah. first one, is that one out for people to see or is it, uh, are you guys holding on to it for now or when, when's the first short film going to be released for the world? I, I haven't quite figured out what I want to do with it yet. Cause it's really just my project. Um, I, I'm the right. writer director and I star in it and, um, I, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff on it. Um, so I, I since I, it has finished kind of its initial, you know, uh, festival run, I, I thought about maybe maybe I should put it on maybe I should put it online. You know, um, I I don't really like that person like really that much because especially when it comes to something like YouTube, I feel like this. I, I got to see it in a theater for the first time at the Action on Film Festival where it was oh, nominated cool. for, where it was nominated for uh, best action short of the year. Um, oh, nice. So, you know, I went to Vegas and I stayed there for the week and I watched it on the big screen in a movie theater. And that was the 
way I envisioned it to be seen. And watching it that way, I was like, wow, this is the way that it should be seen, you know? So me putting it on YouTube and then people are going to be watching it on their phone, maybe while they're taking the bath, using the restroom, you know, and maybe hearing every other line. Um, I don't know. That kind of doesn't rub me quite the right way. But at the same time, not to say that, you know, people won't watch it, you know, and pay attention, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I have some reserves about putting it online, but at the same time, you know, I do need to put it out somewhere, you know? Right. So. Well, that's how movies are seen now, you know? And I, and I feel like for short films, there's there's not really a lot of reasons why you wouldn't put it out, out, on, out online. And I, I have a few director friends who don't put their stuff online and I'm always giving them a hard time about it. Like, what the hell? Like, why aren't you showing well, yeah, your of course short you film? want people to watch it in the theater, but you also want people to watch it. So yeah, you, exactly. they got to be able to see it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought of a few different things I could do with it, you know. Or maybe even like, I want to see it. Yeah. I can't go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's the thing, you know. I, I, it's it's a short film, so you know there are uh, less options of where you can just distribute it. So, um, and and I'm not sure if I really want to spend too much more time on this first project, but when I, you know, um, when I think that it's in a good place and, you know, and I, um, and I have other projects that I need to finish. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think maybe I'll, I'll re once, once I'm closer to finishing my other two, then I might, uh, revamp my YouTube page and really like try to put it on there so people can see it. And, you know, and also I need to create like a, a website for myself. You know, I, I've just been running off of Instagram and Facebook. Oh, wow. but, yeah. Nice. I need to do the same yeah, thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to, I have been working on like putting, uh, putting it uh, like a, a very comprehensive website where you can actually watch my work too. So, Oh, nice. Um, so one of the other two are, so are the, all these uh, short films are, what are, what's the genre of them? Are they like action based or are they completely dramatic? Like what, what are they all different? Like talk to us. Yeah. About well, they, yeah, they're all, all of these are, are, uh, are action. Just a lot of it is because I, since I'm in the action industry, that is my most readily available talent. Um, not to say that I don't know great actors, but um, I, I know other people, but a lot of times, you know, when you're in the action industry and you start talking to people about it, they want to do more action, which is great, you know, and everybody has their specialty and I, and it is a specialty of mine. But for me, you know, some of the projects that I have, like say like my feature film that's been winning a, a lot of awards that I'm trying to get made, you know, that's a straight drama. There's no action at all. Um, and, you know, it, or, you know, there's other projects I've been talking to Alex about and whatnot, you know, their comedies and all these different things, which, you know, not to say that, you know, people in the action industry can't do those, but a lot of times the interest is a little bit low um, just because, you know, people are like, well, but I want, my dream is to become an action, you know, actor or an action, you know, or a stunt man. And, you know, that with heavy hitting stuff, like superhero stuff, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, but since my interests are not like they are that, but they're not only that. Um, sometimes my other projects, you know, it, it's it can be hard to crew on to get a crew on those, you know, because I love uh, that you're interested in comedy. Love, love, oh, love that. Oh yeah, the one the one I sent you. Yeah, and I have I have a I've been writing for a long time. You know, I I just even before I knew what a film like a film treatment was, I had written one in college, and you know, like and and I've been writing short stories, and I, it's always been a big part of my life, but something that was for me, but then. You know, once I got into the industry, and I was like, well, I can I can actually turn these stories into something. And then having, you know, and having done that three times now, and then, you know, 
I, I want to move on to, you know, bigger projects like, you know, feature or a TV show and whatnot. And, and my writing has gotten longer too. So I used to write a lot of shorts and stuff, but now I have, you know, one feature film and one uh, 60 minute pilot and, which is in the action yeah, space as well. And then, you know, and then I'm moving on to, I have like, I have three other stories that I'm developing for features and one's a comedy, one's a dramedy. And, um, and then the other is, you know, basically just, I'm trying to expand myself and I know that it's going to take a long time for me to, it took me a long time to get established in stunts. And I still feel like sometimes that I'm not quite established, but you know, like it took me a while to get to You're where I was done. <laughs> and then yeah, you know it's in acting and then but i know like for writing and directing it's going to take you know really long time to get established too so you know i I'm, that's why i'm starting it now and doing all of them at the same time and i try to keep them as related as possible you know I'll, I'll act the scenes that i write and i will you know do heavy meditation on how i would sh you know shoot um the the scenes that i write and I'll, you know, so like reading other scripts and how they shot it versus how I, I envisioned it when I read it. And, you know, a lot, a lot of different research and, you know, taking a lot of classes, a lot of seminars, like I said, you know, um, I mean, it's really just a lot of self-improvement, you know, and really taking the time to try to be as knowledgeable as possible. Well, you're talking about being an entrepreneur before and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like creating a product and realizing that this is a business, but you've, you've got your first uh, pro product samples, uh, you know, ready to go almost. Well, two you have to finish, but one that's done. Mm -hmm. So it's sure. like, yeah, it's, you know, I think like you have the, the ammunition to turn some of those uh, scripts that you have into actual products, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome to, to see the way that you're approaching this and, getting it all together um, and like yeah. actually making things and taking ownership mm -hmm. of your career. It's, it's awesome, dude. Oh, thank you. appreciate it. Yeah. For me, I mean, now it's just a matter of since I have created the bullets now figuring out the best time to shoot them, you know, um, like festivals, you can put things in festivals. And then if you don't show up on the scene for another two years, like the award that you got, then it doesn't really change, you know, but if I put something out and the audience sees it, but then my next project doesn't come out for a long time, they might forget about me, you know, especially starting out. So I want to right. make sure that I, that's why I want to finish my other two. And then, then, then I can be like, okay, here's my, here's this, here's this short. And now, Oh, you like that one? Here, here's this one. Oh, you like that one? Here's this one. You know, and I can do it on a semi kind of um, consistent basis. You know what I mean? And maybe they're, maybe they're months apart, but you know, I can still do that where it's like, here's one. Oh, great. I, some people like this. You want to see more. Okay. Here's my next thing, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't want to rush into it. And then, you know, they're like, Oh, you like that? Okay. Well just wait, I'm almost done with the other one, <laughs> you know? And then I, it, it, it might be like a year or two before they see anything from me at that point, I had already lost any kind of momentum that I had gained from. All right. Yeah. Well, that, that's basically what I did. So <laughs> I made, I made one like four or five years ago and then released it when it was ready and then made another one and made another one. And one of the things I can speak to, and I, and I know that a lot of people have this kind of, uh, you know, sort of outlook that it's like, oh, geez, like I don't want to release something and then, you know, don't have anything else to follow it up with. But, uh -huh. you know, my movies have like their own, a life of their own online, you know, and my sure. first short film still gets more hits and still people are seeing it for the first time, you know, like five years later. And, mm -hmm. you know, sure. like the comments every once in a while, there's like fresh comments every week or whatever, mm -hmm. or every month. Um and it's like, you know, people don't know that you made it five years ago and they don't necessarily care that you made it five years ago sure. to them. It's still just new. And then like over the five years, I've made three or four more things and mm -hmm. getting ready to make my first movie. So like, I think like for you, since you've already got them like shot and you have this sort of, 
plan it's like yeah you know plan it out release it you know whatever but i think don't don't wait forever because there's oh, yeah. not really anything you're really waiting for because well, you know yeah i'm definitely not gonna now, wait forever <laughs> in, 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 in two years or a year or six months you know like it's, it's yeah i don't know if you were planning to wait forever but that's definitely <laughs> yeah. not the best plan. no no i know but i know some people who like like put things off and procrastinate and they're like yeah yeah i gotta get back to that project yeah yeah i gotta get back to that project you know and I've always advised those guys are just like, just do it, just release it, just just make it. Like, what what are you waiting for? Just do it, you know. Oh yeah, um, I definitely got you, man. I, I was just giving you a hard time. No, I um, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a large part of me that wants to just like put it out there, you know. But for me, you know, I I want, I don't know. I, I think it really just depends on how you how you run your business, you know. And like everybody can do it different ways, but like my my certain style, do it Yeah, my certain style, I work better if I if it's pre like kind of premeditated for the long term, you know, for me, uh, not to say that that's the best way to do it, but that's, that's the way, that's how the best way I work, you know, and kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I want to be able to have a body of work so that I can kind of move up, you know, to different levels. For, so. Right. Right. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Great answer. All right, Alaric, what's your great last question? Uh, what was my great last question? I think, um, you know, I think it was actually just about um, entrepreneurship, you know, because you talked about being an entrepreneur and I wanted to to know about like, what are, what are the things that you're doing to run your career more like a business, you know, and you talked about the short films and your plan there. So that makes sense. But I guess, you know, for other actors and stunt people out there, like what are some of the things that you're doing that you you know, or like one thing that you do that like is like taking hold of your career and, and running it like a business, you know, that, that other, you know, people in your same position may not be doing. Um, well, it's just really just actively seeking work. I mean, and a lot of people do, but like certain ways that they do it are, aren't very conducive to getting, to getting work and getting people to trust you. Um, you know, and a lot of people are like, I'm going to just train my ass off all the time, which is great. You know, you, you need to train, you know, and you need to get your skills up. But, you know, you could be the most talented unemployed man, though, as, at the same time or woman, you know, like, which is, you know, which is a shame. And I think there's an old saying it's like there's nothing more typical than a talented unemployed man. <laughs> right. And I, I think that holds a lot of a lot of weight for me personally. It's like I, I know that. I can be the best person out there, but if nobody knows who I am, then there's no way I'm going to get hired, you know? Um, so building those relationships and building that trust is really what's important. Um, so I, I think for me, you know, kind of taking ownership as an entrepreneur was building my reputation. And you need to do that with anything. If you're selling cars, you need to build up the reputation yeah, your of brand. great cars or of, you know, affordable cars or whatever your niche is, you know? Um, so in that same respect, you know, building up your reputation as a stunt performer or just performer in general is, you know, one of the highest things that you have to do for your, for your career. Yeah. I hear reputation described or referred to as your brand pretty often. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just cultivating your brand, which it sounds like you you're doing. Right. It sounds like you're just, uh, trying to. It trying sounds to. like you're also just getting out there and meeting people, and like you know whether or not you're you're working, that you're always staying active in the community, you know. And uh, I feel like that's yeah. a really great lesson to take away is that like just just because you're not getting the phone calls doesn't mean that you, you there's not work to be done and places things you can do, you know, to to get out there and and be around people and be a part of it, you know. Most definitely. 
Yeah. No, I mean, you know, being, and there's a lot of different, you know, things that are important to the community too about, you know, like trying to get an Oscar, you know, category and also, you know, living wages, not living wages, but you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of things with contracts that have been up for dispute, you know, that especially that aren't um, the best for stunt performers specifically. And, uh, you know, with SAG and whatnot, and, you know, like kind of the problem of people, you know, like of a lot of work kind of leaving Los Angeles and the way that people cope with that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that are important, you know, it's good to be able to have that working knowledge of those issues, even if, you know, part of it, uh, you know, maybe you're not quite like in the crux of it, you know, it's not affecting you as much as it, as it could, but you should be able to at least talk to people about it, you know, um, and, um, and then go to the different events that aren't just networking and aren't just, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get a job, but also really trying to build the relationships and friendships, you know, it, cause you do, and it really is very much about, you know, a kind of oh, almost like a, fam, like a familial, no, I mean, but it, you can know somebody, but it needs to have be in a way that they can trust you professionally. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, it takes a long time to build you know, with anybody, right. which is why, you know, usually your first couple of years, um, you're not going to be working that much. And nobody, I mean, like some people, some people get to drive it, dive in, especially if you do know somebody or if you're the son of somebody, you know, or a daughter of somebody, but, um, but, you know, barring any of that kind of stuff and even, you know, not to say that those guys don't have to work either, you know, but like, you know, some people, they do start faster than others, but a lot of people, you know, like me, I wasn't able to make a living doing stunts and, and, and just that, for you know a good three four years so um and that's that's just that's just a fact of life you know <laughs> if you're doing freelance and anything you know it's going to take a while to get started you know most most businesses when they first start they you know aren't profitable for a couple of years that's just that's how it is <laughs> you know there's nothing nothing you can do about that you, you can't you can't you know wiggle your way past it you, you know um until people really know you you're not going to get hired so, yeah Totally. Great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Kellerman, you have a last question for Peter before we wrap this thing up? Let's wrap it up, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Let's, Let's wrap this, this thing up. up. <laughs> so you said that you didn't have a website, but where can people find your work? Well, yeah, I'm pretty active on Instagram and uh, I have a Facebook fan page. Uh, you can look up. Um, just It's just my name, Peter Jang. And then my Instagram is at pjangster, P-J-A-N-G-S-T-E-R. Um, I do have a YouTube page. Uh, it has a few you know trailers and my reel on there uh, and my stunt reel and my you know and the acting reel and whatnot. Yeah, so you can check out his stunt reel. Yeah, to, right. for your uh, for oh, for my for my friend and for all the other stunt people out there, or you know, aspiring stunt people, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll post, yeah, we'll post your reel. We're gonna show all the short films uh, that are out there, all the power, the superpower beatdowns that you're in, your trailers, um, any other thing that we can find uh, to showcase your work. Um, yeah, but, but definitely the superpower beatdown stuff and that nerd versus scorpion thing. I really wanna. it's fun it's a fun one yeah i mean um yeah i'm looking at my page right now it's just peter jang i only have 97 subscribers (laughs) but you know it has my as a as like a villain acting reel as my stunt reel as my uh my nothing is sacred short film uh, trailer my boss uzi uh trailer um and then the uh my i have a director's reel on there which is just two minutes um i need to redo that but you know it's on there and i think it it's decent. Um, and then also oh, my, cool. my old stunt reel, uh, which was from three years ago, 
And then an acting reel that was from four years ago, which I need to update as well. <laughs> your directing reel, is that just scenes from your three shorts cut together or yeah. what, what is your directing reel? Yeah. So the first bit is, um, it, you know, it's a, a few scenes. Um, and one of the scenes is actually kind of like a dream sequence kind of scene. So some people are kind of confused that it's, a, you know, because it's not talking heads or anything like that, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, Three, you know, scenes from different pro- the two two at the time when I made it two projects that I had finished, um, Boss Uzi and Nothing Is Sacred. You know, there's some scenes from there, and then uh, at the end is kind of like a mashup uh, to music or not to music, but a mashup trailer style of the two projects together, and like going back and forth between like scenes and action sequences and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to my producer about uh, directors' reels, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, maybe you can send over a directors' reel." And I was like. Jeff, I don't have a director's reel. I just have short films. And he's like, well, you don't really need You don't have a director's reel? Either? No, because every time I, I go to make one, I, I get advice from other director friends that you don't need one, that you just show your work, you know, and that like a director. Well, but you should have one in the event somebody asks for right, it. Right, 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 Yeah. I mean, I have projects that cut one together, but, I, but the thing that I struggle with is because they're like, yeah, it's supposed to be like two minutes long, but if you're going to show a scene, like most scenes are longer than two minutes or like, you know, at least a minute. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what I, have, <laughs> I can't really show three one minute scenes in a two minute reel. It doesn't right. really work. So then it's like, what do I show? And I don't yeah. know. It's just like, I just watched the movie. Well, it's for me, fun. like I, cause I had the movies and, but at the time they weren't like completely finished. And also this, the real more or less, I find most people don't really care about them that much anyway anymore. So I, I, I more or less kind of make them for me and my friends and family and anybody I want to show. Um, and, and, and they and they can double as different things. I don't think anybody's going to hire me as a director just based off of my reel. You know, same thing. It's about relationships. But um, I do have it there. And it it kind of gives me a benchmark to kind of that I can look back at and see like, okay, this is where my work was at the time. And this is and then I know where my work's at now. And if people want to see a full project, cool. If they if they want to see, you know, just something shorter, then I can send them that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, for me, the reel itself wasn't a means to an end. It was an end in itself. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Totally. I think it's more about like, yeah, like, you know, you get your job from meeting the right people or having the opportunity or whatever. But then it's like, yeah, like, like Kellerman said, it's like when people ask for something, you need to be able to have that to give them. You know, um, it's just a tool. Yeah. It's just one of many exactly. possible tools. And maybe it's a tool you will never need. And maybe it's a tool that'll come in very right. handy. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. We, we did a couple episodes about director's reels like way back uh, when. And then you know, <laughs> I talked to like, I asked questions on the Just Shoot It podcast about this and got their answer. And you know, I've been through and over this, over this so many times. And, uh, you know, the answer that most people just keep on coming back with is like, yeah, just like, you know, have a portfolio of work, portfolio of work. That's what you should have, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but then just shoot it, guys. It's so funny. They said that. And then like six months later, one of them made a director's reel. <laughs> they have a director's reel. Yeah. yeah. I heard them talking about it on their podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so funny. I was like, but you just fucking told me <laughs> that we don't need one. Then you made one. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to, they're, they're putting you at a disadvantage. Oh, they're, they're not. Well, they're, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know if anybody ever gets hired off of the director's reel. I made it just to have one, just because I wanted one. Um, and it's it's kind of outdated now, even if it was only a year ago. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would say, obviously, a body of work is always going to be more important 
you know? Um, and if somebody's actually looking at you for a director's job, which is a big job on any set, you know, they're not going to just go off of a reel. You know, I think that it's kind of common sense right, will just right. tell you that, you know, but having one doesn't mean that, you know, I don't know how beneficial it is per se. And, I, and directing is still, I would say, like, still new for me too. you know, even though I've done a, a, a few things, like I would still say that I'm, I, I'm learning a lot about about directing and I'm going to keep learning a lot throughout my the whole rest of my career, you know. Um, but at the time, you know, yeah, at the time, though, you know, it's, it's I had started directing. I had a couple of projects that I was proud of, some awesome scenes in those projects that I was proud of. And so I was like, OK, well, I'm going to make a little trailer for myself, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice, man. All right, Kellerman, last chance. Any other little tidbits, questions, thoughts? I just want to go back through some of the dimes you dropped during this conversation, <laughs> Peter. So okay. I liked a couple of things you said. I really liked, uh, you're going to have to remind me exactly what the phrasing was, but you had a little saying about how you would rather kill yourself doing something that you love rather than something that you didn't love. I'm trying to remember exactly what the, well, actually, was. you know, I, I kind of stole that from uh, Jim Carrey. He actually said that in a commencement speech, I forget to which university. Well, can you say it again? What um, is, it? is that, you know, you can fail at something that you, you can fail at something that you hate. So you might as well do something that you love, you know? So, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't like it being an accountant, but then you're like, okay, but I, I have to be an accountant because that's, that's what I need to do. Like the only profession that's respectable. But then, you know, you could fail at an accountant, you know, it's like you accounting is really hard to do. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to have a certain kind of, you know, I don't know, even if you don't like it, you still have to be able to at least like tolerate it enough. Right. So, number two. So I, I also liked uh, how you were talking about um, things like background work won't necessarily lead to better or bigger jobs, but you can get a lot out of them by paying attention and talking to the people who you're working with. Uh, I thought that was really good advice. Yeah. If you're on set, you know, you may not necessarily have the opportunity to meet somebody who's going to hire you to come, you know, come back the next day, but that doesn't mean you can't learn something just by watching or, you know, overhearing things. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought that that was a, Something that my Taekwondo teacher, you know, uh, growing up would have us repeat while we were meditating was, you know, the Korean word for empty mind. Um, and basically, they're not empty mind, uh, a beginner's mind, you know. Um, and the, the whole idea is that, you know, you're, you're constantly learning. And the, the day that you stop learning is the day that you die. So, um, you know, no matter what it is, and even if you're seeing something that shouldn't be happening, you know, <laughs> like you, it's still learning. You're still learning, you know. You're, you might be learning what not to do, but you're sure. still learning, you know. So, yeah, asking those right. questions and making Absolutely. sure that you're always learning no matter what you're doing. And then I liked how you were talking about uh, working with people who are better than you or have been or more experienced. Uh, like you were talking about co-directing with that director who had done a lot more directing than you and how you, those people can really bring you up uh and teach you a lot mm -hmm. yeah definitely i mean mentorship is you know a staple and just humanity in general you know learning from your elders respecting your elders and you know maybe not even elders but people that have more experience than you you know um yeah well some people aren't humble enough to realize they need to work with people who are better than them you know sure yeah like, I mean, if you're gonna do anything great, yeah if you're going to do anything great, I mean, we're uh, all of us are just standing on the shoulders of giants, right? So, you know, there have been people that came before you that, you know, 
Um, I think I was part of that for a little while. It's like I didn't like old movies and I didn't like stuff like that. But then, you know, it's like seeing the foundation of where film began is insanely important, you know, so. So true. Yeah. Um, My dime that I heard you drop was uh, recently in the conversation, but you said that you're always going to be learning uh, throughout your career, no matter what, you know, as a director Mm -hmm. and that like you're learning now you're hungry to learn for the rep, you know, forever as, as you keep on going and growing. And I feel like that's like a, a thing that I, I treasure in my own career is that like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm always learning and growing and I'm excited to learn, you know, on the project I'm working on now on the next project. And just, you know, there's always another mountain to climb. And I just think that's such a great lesson. And, you know, I've heard that a lot from the other people, you know, that I've, you know, had on the podcast or just talked to or, see, you know, seen interviews with or whatever it just seems to be like a pretty consistent uh you know thing and people who are you know doing this business it's just like yeah always learning always growing mm-hmm. you know? uh, yeah um cool well we already did <laughs> half the outro so um who, sorry you know, alex is gonna no okay yeah no no yeah, we got some great that was my great, intro by the way that i screwed up or that i do okay. <laughs> no you did great yeah it's fantastic <laughs> but yeah maybe alex you can edit that part the 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 half of the in- outro now and then like speak <laughs> that part in or whatever you want to, or you can use the rock <laughs> yeah 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 um <laughs> but uh but yeah peter thank you so much for being on the show man it's been fantastic um yeah and yeah, uh, you know you again <laughs> Yeah, we'll have all the links here for, for everybody so they can see Peter's work. Um, and yeah, if you uh, you want to f- learn more about the podcast, you can check out our website at makingmoviesishard.com where you can find links to things we talked about in this episode. Just hit that three times. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. And please, if you like the show, tell a friend, spread the word. You can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or, you know, just, uh, you know, don't actually have to leave a whole yeah. review. You can give a star rating. That's easy, too. Or star you rating. could just leave a real short review, like you love Kellerman <laughs> co-hosting the podcast. Right. Vote for Kellerman as <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but thanks again, guys, for a fantastic episode. And, yeah, talk to everybody next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you.